ladies. Welcome to a new episode of our podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about um, the number one thing that impacts the relationship that you have. The number one thing that impacts or that kind of decides what kind of relationship do you have. Um, and this is something that I that took me time to realize. And it took me long years to understand the dynamics of how this works and to get what it really what really makes us um do the things that we do in relationships especially in intimate relationships um or or make the decisions that we make in these relationships and about what kind of relationships do we end up um, having. And um, I've always questioned the, you know, um, I've always looked around like, uh, so let's let's back up a little bit. Well, since I was young, I've always uh, caught myself just observing people. I love to observe people when I was young and um, one of the very first relationships that I, that I started observing and looking at was a relationship that my, my parents had. And I, 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 I knew that it was not, it was not an abusive relationship. So I've never seen my dad put his hand on my mom, my, my mom, or, um, I've never seen him, you know, um, screaming at her or you know talking to her in 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 a uh, in a way that's not like nice or something i i never witnessed any of that but even though there was no abusive action going on there was no action really there was no action so i didn't on the other hand i did not see them embrace or hug or kiss i did not hear him um express his appreciation for what she does for us, for, for the family, um, you know, every single day. So there was no bad action, but there was no action as well. And these things, they, they, I, I kind of liked that they, they did not have abusive, like, you know, relationship, but at the same time, I was like, but that's boring. I don't want to get, I don't want to have this kind of relationship when I grew up because to me it was boring. It was, it was, it was boring not to have this passion, the love and to express it. Um, and sometimes when you have little kids, you think that if there isn't a lot of abuse or things going on, then you start like, we're good. Yes. But at the same time, kids get your actions and your energy and what, and your behaviors way more than they pay attention to your words. Your words are empty if they do not translate into actions and, you know, um, behaviors and things that, that the children can witness. So to me, even though I did not hear them argue or fight or anything like that, I knew that there was something wrong. There was something broken in the relationship. At a young age, I could not language that. I could not verbalize that. I could not form the question or ask about anything because, you know, like to 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 the bare eye, there isn't anything abnormal going on, right? It was just quiet. But I knew that behind that quietness was 
uh, dis-ease or and uncomfort. And um, I continued to have this kind of observation to me. And when I grew up, I started to understand that one of the main reasons why there was no action in my parents' relationship is that my mom... Um, my mom, my mom did not really want to continue to stay with my dad because he was like not very appreciative of what she does. Um, they did not have a bond. She did not feel that he really loved her and appreciated what she was doing for all of us. But because she never went to school, because she does not have she did not have a job and she did not have um, the finances to take care of us, she kind of was in a in in a situation where she had to take it. She had to just stay for me and my sisters and brother to, you know, grow up in a household where both parents are present. So that's a sacrifice that she made. She decided that she's not going to leave because if she left, that means that we, the kids, do not get to live in stability. And we don't get to to find to to have someone who can take care of us because she thought, well, what if they get a divorce and then my dad refused to take, to take care of us financially, and she did not want to be in that position. I I understood that when I grew up, and so when I started to get the grip of that, even be, before before I even started to to conceptualize it and to start to think about it and to start to turn it into a decision. The the first thing that came to my mind was like, ah, uh, financial independence is key in protecting myself from ever having to put up with someone that I don't have any emotions for. And I realized that that was the main reason why I was working hard, why why I was just doing my best to make sure that I always have money, that I always have a job, that I'm financially independent, and that I did not need a guy to take care of me financially. Because I was like, well, yes, but what happens if I get into a relationship and then I don't feel for the guy anymore? And I feel like I'm stuck because I, I, I can't take care of myself. So I said to myself, I'll declare to myself, I'd never be in that in that situation. And that was one of, one of the reasons why in the past I used to work so hard. Like I, I had two jobs right out of graduation. So I graduated and then I started having two jobs. I teach in the morning, teach at night, uh, uh, like in the afternoon. Um, and it was like, just like I've always had jobs. And to me, the idea of not having a job is scary. Because that means, because it 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 equates um, uncertainty, it equates uh, not being safe, and it equates the possibility of being controlled by a guy, and then the next thing would be like, well, but how can I be independent again so that I don't have to put up with someone that is unappreciative or for whatever reason, I decided that I don't want to stay with. Yes. And so to me, like when you when you look at all of this picture in its um, in its entirety, then at first you start to thinking, oh, my gosh, I never thought 
about that when I was growing up. I So right now I'm telling you all about this and the dots are very connected for me right now. But back then they were not. Back then I was, I was just, I did not know why I, why I was working so hard. I did not know why I cared so much about having a job. I did not know why I was not feeling safe or, um, you know, stable in, in a relationship, especially if I sensed any kind of tension. Um, and because, because to me, any kind of tension and any kind of like, you know, argument that meant, Ooh, there's a possibility that we are not going to get along, which means there's a possibility that I need to, um, that which means there's a possibility that he would not be able to, that he would not uh, want to support me financially, which means, uh-oh, I'm screwed if I don't have a job. So let's back up a little bit, a, a couple of steps, and look at the dynamics of this. So in the beginning of the episode, I told you that I'm going to talk about the number one thing that is impacting the kind of relationship that you have right now. That's true. So let's take a look at this. First thing is that the relationships that you witnessed while you're growing up this is the number one thing that you that is going to impact you even behind your own awareness behind your not your your own awareness at first i did not even realize that my parents relationship was impacting me that much it was impacting me to the core it was the main reason why I was doing everything that I was doing in my own relationship because I was scared of having the same kind of relationship that they had. So what happens when you witness relationships while you're, while you're growing up? Well, first of all, you start to analyze these, these relationships uh, with your child mentality. Yes. So to you, you start to associate pain to, th to certain things and you start to associate pleasure to other things. Yes. And then the second thing is that you start to make decisions. Do, are you going to model what you what you witnessed? Are you going to follow that? Are you going to use that as an example? So, for example, uh, for me, I had one or two options. I either modeled what my parents did. So I either had just like, you know, a boring uh, marriage, not not so much action he's not abusive but at the same time there isn't much going on we just get married have kids we uh the kids grow up and that's it you know there's there isn't passion and action and you know feeling things and uh really having and feeling the intimacy and the unity of what it feels like to be together in a marriage so that was the first possibility the other possibility was that I would look at that and I would run the other the other way, the opposite direction. I would say like, no, absolutely not. So you're going to do the opposite of what you witnessed. And that's what I did. To me, that was dead. That was a dead relationship. I would rather have a divorce and have to work and do whatever it takes to take care of myself and my kids than be in that dead relationship. Now, I have zero judgment for my mom because I know that she did not have access to the resources and the skills that I have right now. And that's, again, one of the other reasons that makes me give my all every day and put as much 
um, work and put as much intention in what I do because I knew that because I know that had she gone to school, if she had the education, if she had the certificates that would that um, that allowed her to have a job and to take care of us financially, she wouldn't have put up with with my dad. It does not mean that my dad was was a bad person, was a bad guy. No, he was not. But he was not an appreciative husband. Yes. So right now I know that she did what she could do at her own situation back then, years ago. Circumstances were completely different. I mean, you're talking about how you're talking about more than 45 years ago. Things were different back then. And so there is I have zero judgment for what my mom did. She did what she knew what to do to take care of us. But but to me, that was the blueprint. So the first thing is that you witness the relationships while you're growing up. And then you start to make these associations. What does that mean? Does that mean pain? Does that mean pleasure? And then after you make the associations, then you start to make the next decision. And bear, bear in mind that all these things happen behind your, your awareness. You don't sit down to your desk and get a pen and paper and start thinking, okay, this is what my mom did. This is what my dad did. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna make these associations and then I'm gonna make that decision and then I'm gonna either model them or, you know, like go the other direction. Um, and you don't do that. You just, you just do that without even being aware of it. And that's the main reason that made me want to talk to you about this today, because I want you to become aware of it. Because once you understand it, once you know what is directing your decisions and your behaviors, then you start to have the clarity and the, and the understanding, which means that you have a better chance of doing something different and therefore changing changing well first of all changing the narrative in your head and then shifting and doing something different all right um so number one you witness the relationships you make the associations and then you make the decision to either model it or uh rebel against it meaning you do something else and then the second step is that you when you do that, you form a blueprint uh, that you design in your heart and in your mind, and that blueprint is what equates um, a relationship. So to me, the blueprint was that I did not want to be without a job at, at all, like ever. The idea of not having a job meant fear. It was scary to me, yes? And then number two, I wanted to have a guy, I wanted to have a man that I can control because I felt like my mom could not control my dad. And that was another re reason why she stayed with him because he was stronger than her. He controlled her and she did not, she could not have an, ar an argument with him to say, hey, we're going to have a divorce and you're going to take care of your, uh, of your kids financially because that's your job. So I felt like being able to control the guy man that he would not that he would not force me to do something that I don't want and that's what I wanted to have so I wanted to have a guy that I could control and even though the guy that I had he was not like I mean he was he he, he was not entirely weak but 
at the same time, I, I did have control over him. I did have control over him. And at the moments when I felt that, there was another feeling that popped up was that I did not have respect for him at all. So when I controlled him, and even when he did what I wanted him to do, I did not have respect because I was like, mm. but that's another reason why I don't feel safe in the relationship. Because if I can control him, if I can get him to do what I want to do, not what he thinks and sees as the right thing to do in the situation, then that means that when the right comes and when the storm comes and he needs to make better decisions and big decisions, he's not going to make them because he's not strong enough to be able to make these decisions. So I was constantly beating myself up for staying in the relationship because I knew that he was not the guy for me. And I knew that I was acting out of fear, but I did not want to acknowledge that. I did not want to admit that, not even to myself, because if I admitted that I am in the relationship, but I'm scared, um, but I'm scared and, and fearful at the same time, then that meant that I was going to leave. And I did not want to leave for a long time because I just did not want to be by, to be by myself. So first you witness, you, then you decide the blueprint unconsciously, and then um, you start to have complications in your relationships because you're acting out of the compulsive fear that you've accumulated as a result of you witnessing all of these relationships around you. And bear in mind that the example that I give you from my own life, I think is just simple and 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 direct. Whereas in other cases, the, the examples are are not are not that straightforward. So they have multiple examples that they witness, and there's there's there was a lot of confusion and um, and clashing between the blueprints that they had. So there was they were they were torn. The the person is torn between one thing and the other thing, and both things were moving in different and opposite directions. So my invitation to you today is to just look at the dynamics of your relationship. If, you, if you're still in a relationship, kind of ask yourself, what kind of relationship did you witness growing up? And what were the relationships that you feel that impacted you the most while you were growing up? Write it down. Was it your parents, your aunt and uncle, uh, your neighbors, uh, grandparents, uh, something else? your um, adopted um, parents, whoever you grew up with, just look back at the relationships that you witnessed as a child and then ask yourself, what kind of decisions did you make in your head based on the, on the relationships that you witnessed? Did you want to have a happy family? Did you think that having a big family meant trouble? Did you think that being an only child meant pain and loneliness like what what were the dynamics that you witnessed and what kind of decisions did it make you make while you were a child and remember this is one super important thing to remember remember that when we're children we make these kind of decisions and judgments with our immature mentality and but the problem is that we carry them over time, we grow up and we don't even look back and try to change these kinds of uh, judgments and decisions that we made while we're just kids. 
And so we continue to carry them with us, but it's, but they're immature. They're immature. And that's why they're not even, um, they're not even serving us in our mature lives. And the other, and the other question that you can ask yourself is what was the blueprint that you designed as a result of the relationship that you witnessed? What is what or what is the blueprint that you designed in your heart and mind as a result of the relationships that you witnessed? Yes. So, what did you decide a, a good or a great relationship for you looked like? And sometimes you're not even making that decision as one that's serving you. I'll give you an example, and and I mentioned that in another episode. There's one famous um, athlete. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention her name, uh, but. She, while she was growing up, she grew up in, um, with a mother that was abused, that she was, she was in an abusive relationship. And for a long time, that little girl, um, she thought that love equals abuse. So if a guy loves you, then he beats you up. So she grows up and she's famous. She is, you know, successful. And guess what? what kind of relationship does she find herself in an abusive one and even though she is she's strong physically she still she he still beat her up he he she still found herself in an abusive relationship and for a long time she thought well that's what love looks like love is abuse you know like if he loves you then he beats you up so, and it's crazy when you listen to that because you, for, for the first moment, then you think like, what do you mean? There is no way that someone loves you and beats you up. But for her, that was the blueprint. That was the thing that she grew up with. And that was the association that she made as a little girl. So when she grew up, she had to take a step back and then look at the relationship and say, is that right? Is that serving me? Is that accurate? Really, does love equates abuse? And absolutely not. Of course not. Of course, it took her time and years until she, she got to the point. And then, and then she made a decision and started to shift things around. And that's why for, for you, I'm saying that understanding and knowing is the first step that we can do to start making different decisions. And from there, then we can make, uh, make the changes that we really want. So that brings me to the last um to the end of today's episode but i want to remind you that if you are going through a breakup and um uh, you're struggling to navigate that by yourself i know that it could be painful and lonely and that's why i created a private facebook community where you can join us we talk about these things and we go and we dive deep in all the kinds of relationships and the exercises and the strategies that i share with you every single day I tell you, what did I do to go from being severely depressed, even suicidal, to where I am today, standing here, talking to you with so much joy, appreciation, and peace? I want you to have the same thing in your life. I want you to be able to look back and say, hey, that breakup was the best thing that ever happened in my life. And I would not trade it for anything else. So please, if you are in that position, you can click the link that you find in the description of this episode 
and uh, you can join our private Facebook community. This is where all the action go uh, happens, and this is where we dive deep into everything that we cover here. Please take care of yourself and join our private Facebook community if this is something, if you're going through a breakup and you would love to just break the cycle of the pain that you have um, and to turn it into something amazing in your life. Please take care of yourself and join our private Facebook community. I'll catch you up in our next episode. Bye for now.